We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 285. Our guest today is part of the National Center for Equine Facilitated Therapy. So she works with horses and several children, adults, military veterans with special needs that reach beyond their boundaries through equine-assisted therapies, education, and research. For over 50 years, NCEFT has tapped into the profound rehabilitative power of human-horse relationship to really help heal thousands of Bay Area children and adults ages 2 to 85 plus with physical, cognitive, and neuromuscular disabilities, as well as mental health conditions and concerns. So without further ado, I would love to welcome our guest today, Sherry Hammer. Hi, Sherry. Good morning, Bethany. How are you doing? I'm doing great today. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, it's an honor to be here. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, tell me how you first got started in the equestrian industry. Sure. I grew up uh, a horse-loving girl, uh, casually horseback riding. Something I always let my mom know is that she gave my sister horseback riding lessons and not me. But as I uh, came into my adulthood, I decided to take lessons formally and learn how to properly ride and was just beginning to do hunter jumper and just got to the point where I was starting to jump and got pregnant and had my first of my two kids, so got off the horse. But uh, when my daughter was six, we gave her some horseback riding lessons, and I sat there on the rail saying, I want to ride, I want to ride, I want to ride. So started doing lessons and then uh, started working at the training uh, center and doing beginner horseback riding lessons and worked in the office. And my husband had had some debilitating health uh, challenges. And so I needed to go back to work full time and found NCEFT. And um, it combined the my horse love and my business background and I've been there ever since. Yeah. So now you are the development director for the National Center for Equine Facilitated Therapy or NCEFT. For those who are maybe unfamiliar, can you explain what equine facilitated therapy really is? Sure. So what we do, our, our motto is horses, hope, and healing. And What we do is a whole variety of programs that facilitate healing for people using horses. And there's sort of three general areas of programming. We have therapy, so physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech language therapy that is conducted on horses. So it's not about riding. It's about the horse's movement being utilized by the therapist to promote rehabilitation and healing. We also do adaptive riding and horsemanship. So horseback riding lessons, recreational horsemanship uh, programs uh, that are adapted to meet each individual's 
differing abilities. And then more recently, we've moved into the area of using horses in a mental health setting. So creating mental health and resilience programs that, again, use that amazing quality of horses to help people in a mental health setting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like inside or outside of the community, it has become more and more popular. And I feel like more and more people either have been a part of or know someone or have a family member who has benefited from equine type therapy. And I know that NCEFT has been around for like over 50 years. What mm-hmm. what made, uh, what kind of started this program? And then has it changed a lot over those 50 years, uh, like kind of based on what programs you offer now? Absolutely. So I think when when it first started in our earlier, uh, you know, 50 years ago, it was what in today's language would be adaptive riding. So mm. being able to give horseback riding lessons and allow children or adults with disabilities and special needs be around horses and have that experience, just like someone who can walk to a commercial horseback riding and take horseback riding lessons. It needs to be safe. It needs being able to to meet those needs. Mm-hmm. In the 1990s, our founder who had NCF, it's really our what NCFT is today. Her name is Barb Heine. She was a physical therapist from Australia, and she had gone to Germany and Switzerland and Austria and this sort of new, at the time, practice of using horses and using horse movement in a therapy setting, physical therapy or OT. And so she really brought that practice in many ways to the US. She was one of the uh, early founders of what is now the American Hippotherapy Association, which is the association that trains and certifies uh, therapists um, in the use of of this practice. Mm -hmm. And so as we have grown, therapy and adaptive writing were were really the, the forefront of our programs. And it's just in these recent years that we've moved to add that third area of programming in mental health, just because of the demands and the needs of the community. Yeah. And you've been able to help so many people. Tell me a little bit about your longtime student, Kate, who has been in the program for 10 years. We just debuted a a profile of Kate and a few weeks ago, and Kate came to us about 10 years ago. She was two years old. She had been diagnosed with a very rare genetic disorder called Bainbridge-Roper syndrome. At the time in 2015, she was the sixth person in the world with this genetic disorder. And now it's still less than a couple hundred. And so researchers don't know much about it, but a lot of her, the way it manifested itself was very similar to cerebral palsy. She did not have, she couldn't walk. She had very weak trunk control and core strength. She's nonverbal. 
So very complicated, um, a number of other health health things. So she came to NCFT and when she first started doing therapy, she was sitting on a small Shetland pony horse named Valentine. And they literally put a boppy pillow around her to help hold her up. She had that little trunk support. Mm -hmm. And over the years, and as she's grown and developed, she now can walk, she can hold herself up better. She communicates still nonverbal, but lots of communication with her eyes, gestures using a, a talking board wow. and um, has made immense progress just from doing that weekly therapy for so long. And kind of the secret sauce of the whole thing, and I think this is true for almost any of our clients, no matter what program they're in, they are working hard. They are doing therapy. They are mm-hmm. they are, but it's fun. It's outdoors. It's in nature. You're working with a beautiful, warm horse. You're not working with a cold, sterile weight machine or yeah. some kind of a piece of equipment in a in a therapy clinic. And that social emotional benefit of being around a horse and and having this kind of program is just makes it that much more effective. Right. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where I've been able to see firsthand the amazing results that can come from horse therapy. I have two nephews that go to weekly horse therapy and the amount of leaps and bounds that they have made in their physical, you know, emotional, their occupational therapy, like everything has been so much more improved through horse therapy. But it's I feel like it's one of those things that until you can, you know, like really experience it, you know, for it to become like real and to understand what what would you say for maybe someone who hasn't been around it? What is it about horses that make it such an incredible part of therapy? I really do think that I mean, horses are remarkable animals and there is, you know, we have relationships with dogs, we have relationships with other animals, but horses are innately prey animals Mm -hmm. and um, they have a strong sense of fight or flight. The fact that a horse allows a human to be on their back just from a fundamental is such a gift of trust. Mm-hmm. For that animal to allow us to be on their back in the wild, anything on their back is a predator trying to eat them. Right. So they are starting from a place of honesty and trust, and they reflect human emotion. They reflect and they know your heartbeat mm-hmm. four feet away and they match it. They know if you're coming and approaching them fearful, approaching them happy, approaching them with a pained heart. And they sense that. And, you know, and I, I think that for some people trying to understand why using a horse, say in a mental health setting, it doesn't seem like it's, it does seem like it doesn't make sense, but it makes amazing sense when you um, you know, I've seen people that just walk up brazenly, you know, very quickly and abruptly to a horse. And what's that horse going to do? It's going to back up. And then you say, well, if you walk up to another person like that, how do you think they're going to react? 
they're going to pull away. And so it becomes a mirror to your emotions and your behaviors and how you can modify that and a different result happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of mental health, I think something a little newer to the NCEFT is more mental health and resilience Mm -hmm. programs. So what prompted the addition of these services and kind of, again, why do you feel like they're so important? Again, you know, for for many years when we were doing um, our our therapy programs and adaptive writing programs, you know, we would get inquiries from people that with anxiety, with depression, with PTSD, with with these other areas of diagnoses and and challenges and concerns, and it was hard to say we don't necessarily have a program that that is going to immediately address that. Mm -hmm. So several years ago, our board of directors really made the intention of we want to expand into these other areas. And our new executive director who came in um, three years ago came from a a social worker and, and mental health background We've hired practitioners and and we have a new mental health director and psychologist. So it's been so exciting over the years. And when this happened, it was right in the middle of the pandemic. And the pandemic, I think, so brought into focus everyone's collective mental health challenges that the timing was just in some ways perfect for being able to create these programs. And our very first uh, workshop that we put on was called Healing with the Herd. And it was for women who had experienced cancer and the, the trauma of a cancer diagnosis. And while things were shut down, if you were inside, we were outside, we could conduct these programs safely in a, in a COVID safe way outdoors. And so bringing in nature, bringing in mindfulness, bringing in horses into this setting was just a natural outcome of what bigger thing that was going on in the world. With UVEX, you are perfectly protected in any moment. A UVEX riding helmet is the perfect headgear for dressage, show jumping, or cross country, training, eventing, or leisurely hacking. Whether you opt for a traditional or more fashionable style, every UVEX riding helmet offers a sophisticated design with a really high quality finish, superior ventilation, and of course, unbeatable safety. For more information, visit the UVEX website at uvex-equestrian-usa.com. Let's talk a little bit about the horses, because obviously you have to have some pretty incredible horses that can help um, in these settings. What what makes a good horse or a good fit for a program like yours? And how do you kind of match, you know, horse and rider or horse and like specific program to put them in? Sure. It really does take a very special horse to be part of our herd. They are working athletes. They have to be in top condition and excellent health. They need to possess a very gentle and tolerant temperament. They want to do their job. They have to want to do their job. And again, going back to 
the kind of riders that most horses are used to are riders who were experienced, who know how to carry themselves, know how to balance. You know, you have somebody um, in a, a an example of a of a client like Kate, who is going to be wiggly and moving around and um they need to be able to be tolerant of that our horses uh have to be for the most part shorter in stature um because in a, in therapy and AR there are two sidewalker volunteers who walk alongside and their job is to keep the patient safely on the horse so they've got contact they're either holding uh, have their hand on the patient's knee or on their ankle or maybe even an arm over their thigh. So if you can imagine, you really can't reach up there safely to keep somebody on the on a horse that's 17 hands high. It yeah. just doesn't work. So a lot of our horses, we have quarter horses, we have Norwegian fjords, we have Welsh cobs. A lot of our horses are shorter in stature and maybe 15 hands high. Most of the horses that that we have in our herd are donated, or we have a or lease. We have purchased a couple of our horses. Then, when we needed a very specific horse, but for the most part, they're donated. And for probably every fifty horses that are offered, we may choose one. We will take a horse on for for a, a trial period and um, see how they acclimate see how they get used to uh, around our facility. And again, seeing if they want to do the job. And I think in some ways, that's the most important thing. Definitely. Is there an ideal patient for a program like this? Or what, what type of patient do you often see in your program? What's really remarkable is um, there are actually very few diagnoses or um, conditions that would preclude someone from getting services at NCEFT. There are a limited number of where that would not allow someone to, to be safely riding a horse if spina bifida or a number of spine injuries and things like that. You know, we do screen all of our, our clients and make sure that they are in a safe setting, um, people do, you know, for mental health programs, you know, they do need to be safe and not a danger to the horses or not a danger to staff. But at the end of the day, there are just so many people that can benefit from our programs far more honestly than we can treat. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's the hardest part in some cases of of doing what we do because much of what we do is deep impact. You know, we're not serving thousands of thousands of people with a very surface touch and a mm -hmm. surface interaction. It's deep and long-term and impactful. And so it does mean that, you know, we, we have wait lists for many of our programs or, you know, we're doing things in small groups, but it does mean that so many people can benefit from, 
the number of programs that we have. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you say is an area of the industry that you are especially passionate about kind of within this area of expertise of yours that you feel like the rest of the horse world either maybe just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about? Sure. I I think in, and this is in the horse world and outside of the horse world. I mm-hmm. think if anything, I think the the challenge is bigger from the outside world perceiving what we do, the the misconceptions of it's just a pretty pony ride. It can't be medically therapeutic Mm. because it's not being conducted in a clinic or in an office that, uh, you know, and people, people are a little bit more aware of service dogs and animals, but they don't necessarily think about horses in that same perception. Sure. So, you know, getting the word out about what we do and, you know, and what we do is it's expensive, you know, horses are expensive, staff are, are expenses. Those are our, our biggest expenses as an organization. And it has to be done as a nonprofit when you, um, when you do this. So getting people to understand that and, and me as the development director, if I'm writing a grant proposal and I've got 350 words to describe what we do, well, it's, it's complicated. It, it's, it's, um, it's a challenge to be able to um, help have people understand what we we do people come and see us and they watch a session go on and see how transformative it is they immediately get it but um so trying to get the word out i think also the another area of challenge for this this area is terminology and language and trying to get for instance the therapy that that is going on should be covered by insurance it is, these are, it's medically prescribed. It's therapists have, uh, they're doing the same CPT codes and other things that uh, just like they would in an in-clinic, but insurance companies will not cover those those bills. And so being able to educate people and let people understand how powerful this is, is, is really really needed. And, and I appreciate the opportunity for you to be able to do this to your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's such an important part of, you know, a, a, a really amazing therapy option. And I think it's even more special for those of us who have already experienced how powerful sitting on a horse or even being around a horse is um, mm-hmm. for your, you know, mental and physical health. So yeah, I just think that what you're doing is so important and so needed. So thank you for all the work that you've put into this program and and seeing it grow and thrive. So that's, yeah, it's been amazing talking to you and I wish you all the best. Oh, thank you. And I really wish you the best and, and really appreciate the opportunity. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.